Hello. We have a new format today because I got tired of the old one. Uh, so this will allow me to walk and talk a little bit more. And let's see how this goes then. Uh, you know, we, we are, we're all about variable rewards in this class. So um, we're going to switch up things every now and then. Uh, Abdullah is offering me cake. Um, if you have your ID card, then I can verify that it's your birthday, but uh, maybe you can turn on your video and show us the card on camera. And if it is your birthday, then you are exempt. I don't even know if it's Lina's birthday. Uh, that's an excellent question. This is my, I am, I try to avoid sugar as much as possible. And to be honest, I not come across cake that would tempt me otherwise. I think most cakes are very dry and not, I don't know. I, I feel I, I diss a lot of food in this class, but cake has to be one of the, I still have to come across cake that I really, really like. Um, unless you guys have suggestions. What do I eat? I don't like food in general. I, I don't know. And I, I eat anything, but I don't enjoy eating. Um, wow, lots of hate in the comments there. <sighs> Thanks, guys. Uh, and it's not about Lahori food or otherwise. It's just food in general. Um, so what we are going to do today is talk about, well, the title of the class is clickbait because we aren't really going to be talking about Tinder all that much. We're going to be talking about relationships in general, but Tinder because it's one of those platforms which is most closely associated with online relationships. Um, we're going to start with that. Uh, Ali, I am also team cheesecake. It is better than most other forms of cake, I feel. Uh, so you and me both. Uh, uh, Minhal is our host today, uh, but before we get on to the hosting, uh, we have some class housekeeping to do. Uh, first of all, are there any questions about the project? Uh, of course, you've read the project outline, all five pages of it. I don't doubt that you haven't. Um, so clearly there must be some uh, questions because I know I'm not such a great writer that I addressed all of them. So what are your questions? Hello, Minhal. I missed my... Sir, what if like the app that we pick, like what if it has some things that are evil? So what do you go about that then? Like do you ignore them when you're making recommendations? Do you, you can't fix them because they those aspects already exist. So what do you do with that? Like, how do you work around that? You can make it more even. I'm sure there's plenty of apps that have some good things and some bad things. So then, yeah, you don't have to touch upon everything if it already includes it. In fact, I wouldn't know if it included. So maybe you can mention that it already has that part included. Um, so if you have 10 recommendations and they've already implemented three of them, then you can just point out that, you know, it's already there and this is how it works. Uh, Ali asks, is it a solo project uh, that can be done in groups or the other way around? Um, you can do it alone or in a pair. And uh, 
if you do it in a pair, then you have to do approximately double stuff. So you can see that even in the current version of the project draft that I've sent, you have, um, if you do secondary research, then if you're doing it alone, um, you have to do about what three sources. And if you're doing it in a pair, then you have to do six or seven. Um, so similarly, when I send other parts, uh, the part two of this thing, when we get to it, I'd also expect like twice the workload if you do it in a pair. Uh, and Minan has a good suggestion. All government apps are bad. Uh, the pages thing with the sources, I'm giving you a rough idea of how much you would want to write. Again, it's a rough idea and I don't do word limits or things like that. But basically, if you're doing it alone, then I would expect that you're picking at least three sources to do your secondary research on. And that would take like three quarters of a page or a full page. And if you're doing double that, then obviously it will take you like two pages. Uh, do you need to cite in a fancy form? Absolutely not. Uh, Pisma, we have computers to do that for us. I don't know why people are very like, okay, each and every comma should be on point and you should do it manually. You have computers to automate that. Um, as long as you're giving me a rough idea of where this is from, you can just throw in the link and the title. Um, that's fine. And some of the obvious things that we've covered in class, you don't need to cite either because I know that you've picked it up from this class. Um, Mahir says, if you are making a new app, how evil do we have to make it? Very evil, as evil as you can. No holds barred. There's no limits here. Like, go for it. Do your worst. Um, because these apps already exist. They're far more evil than you can ever make yours. Uh, so I would like go all out on it. Um, and Basma again, um, properly cited versus linked sources. You can link sources. Uh, you can even just put them in the footer or even in, in text as well. It doesn't have to have a separate uh, citations page, however you want to do it, whatever is easier. I gave that instruction last time as well, and some people still didn't like the proper whole thing. So I guess if you're used to it, fine. Other questions? Of course, that is if you read the whole thing. But of course, you can always ask questions in the Slack group as well or email it. Bless you, Bisma. I saw that. Um, I'll wait another few seconds and then we'll get on to the next part. Hello, Mahi. Excellent background as usual. I think we're all feeling that right about this time of the semester. Uh, uh, I, I like how you consistently come up with new ones. Uh, some of us keep using the same ones, but uh, like your rate of change of backgrounds is incredible. Uh, till when can you expect feedback on the reflection paper to be? Definitely before you have to submit the second paper. I will try to check them this week. And then um, I let you know when, I, when I've done that. But um, yeah, I, I can't answer that precisely right now, but you'll know when it's available. Um, more questions about the class or in general. I think this is the point where everyone's 
active before we start getting sleepy and need to use those lovely pillows. Um, actually, I have an issue with those pillows. I don't know about you guys, but like the big plumpy pillows, I'm not a fan of because then your neck is like this against the bed. So it's like a terrible angle like this. I think this is the right angle approximately, but then two pillows, some people have three pillows and they're like this. That's not very good. Um, okay, also how you can submit this project, part one of it, as I said, it will be on Google Drive. So you can look at each other's projects as well. So you can just send them to Moeed as a link and he can put them in OneDrive for all of you to look at and then he can share the link. Um, also, do you guys have midterms next week? Is there a midterm week this time or is it just any week goes? Okay, so next, are the majority of your midterms next week? Because I want to pace this class accordingly. So I have one, maybe two readings that I really want you guys to do. And I understand it's hard to do them on in midterm week. So tell me if I should give them next week or the week after, unless both of them are midterm weeks, in which case I'll have to choose one or the other. Yeah, Khatija is done. Uh, as in last day of classes, the 12th of December, I think. Okay. Um, also, we have a guest speaker session tomorrow. Again, this is the second reminder. I haven't sent out the email for what it's about and who's speaking yet because I don't want to send too many emails together. Um, but take 30 seconds right now to pull out your phone and set a reminder for yourself so I don't have to remind you uh, tomorrow, 10 p.m. Uh, that will be the external trigger because I know having another Zoom session for an hour is no internal trigger uh, for you to be like, yes, I am so excited for another class that isn't even part of the normal classes. So uh, phones out, set a reminder. Again, you will know tomorrow what it's about and then you can make a more informed decision, um, but it's nice to have that trigger there. These are the 30 seconds in which you have to do that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen, twenty. Thirty. Essen is going into promo. Thank you, Ali. Uh here we go. Uh Essen, wait till you I'll introduce you to Notion which is Trello on steroids. And right now I'm deciding between the two. It has its own purposes. Um, okay. We also have the project and where to put in the 10%. Um, I'm mildly disappointed with the so-called discussion on Slack because there's only like six or seven people involved in it. Uh, and there's 21 of you in this class. And I think Moid has some, Moid reacted to some of his own uh, suggestions. So that doesn't even count. Uh, I want you guys to tell me what you want. And a grand total of 30% of this class has bothered to chime in with what they want or voted on the existing options. 
And so I didn't want to have to decide this based on the opinion of a minority and a terrible minority at that, like 30% is no base for deciding things. But I gave you a fair opportunity. Um, and so we'll stick with what six people or five people have said. Uh, so let me pull out the poll, which has three options in it. Uh, let's do this one first again. I want to see if opinions have changed since the last time we did this. Zoom has polls saved. Zoom has a terrible interface for polls. You have to go on their website to add a question and then come back to the app uh, in order to launch that poll. And then it just hangs around there forever. Uh, Hafsa has my plans there already. Uh, no, Bisma, I am not at a standing desk. I wish I had a standing desk. I am some, on my laptop, and my laptop is in a shelf that's similar to this thing. So it's in here, but facing the other way. Um, and then here's my desktop down there as well. So just in case I need to switch because my laptop will run out of battery. Minal, um, I am standing because it allows me freedom to move. I think uh, it adds slightly more energy to the class and also um, it makes me more focused. Uh, so this time it's 14 and 4. 78% uh, still are disappointingly team Atif. Uh, okay, now we'll do the actual poll. Um, before I launch this poll, uh, so it has three options. One is that you present your project. When I say present, we haven't finalized what format that would be in, but it could be slides, it could be video, it could be a PDF, whatever format. It's not one of those SDSP presentations, high pressure, high anxiety kind of things. This is, as I said, just like you would be hosting a class where, I don't know, you screen share and you tell me this is, this is our project, scroll through it, maybe give some highlights. I don't expect that we would have enough time um, to do this in detail anyway. So maybe it's like five or seven minutes at best and you're just telling us what you did. Um, so it's sharing rather than presenting. That's one option. The second one that had more votes on Slack was visualizations, sketches, screenshots. Some people don't know how to draw, of course, uh, but a sketch could be something as simple as, uh, I can do this right now for you. So this is a blank page and I say, well, this is how we have the web page. And I think, that instead of having these boxes here, you can just move them down here and have them here instead. Why? Because people will pay more attention to this instead of this or whatever reason. So it could literally just be this. And I think everyone can draw this. And then you can also digitize it. There's tools. Why would you assume I'm a lefty? Um, so that's what I mean by sketching. It doesn't have to be very high fidelity. You can even just take screenshots and then move things around or add things of your own. And then the third thing uh, is peer reviews, which Moid, can you elaborate on what those are? Um, because that's something that got some traction. 
but before I launch it, please do tell. Um, so this is a completely made up thing. Um, I was just thinking about what would be really interesting to do. Um, so the idea was that we'll do a session on Twitter um, and maybe on other social media platforms as well. Um, so this was just going to be like, um, like you guys are, everyone is going to make like an evil product. So what, what would be really fun to do is to highlight how, have other people highlight how evil it is, except, um, and not do it yourself. Because if you do it yourself, it's like explaining a bad joke, right? Um, it's like explaining a joke, you're doing it yourself. Um, no, one, no one likes that. Um, so why not have someone else do it? Um, and then do it in a creative way as well. Like I'm imagining that like, you could, you know, put up posters or like whatever. It's just like, it's just like a fun activity to really like unbuild your project. And then also like give recommendations on how it could not be evil. Um, so that's just the framing of the project where um, you get to look at someone else's work closely, uh, learn from what they did. Um, and then, uh, and you, you're not actually grading them, grading them. You, you are just, you're not grading them at all actually. You're just doing a review of their work. Uh, you're not telling them, you could have gone over here and be like, this, this deserves like further like investigation, very interesting point. You're not doing that. You're just looking at the project and, and, and you're just like highlighting like all of uh, what they've already done and just highlighting how evil it is. And then giving a presentation like, and framing it in a way that this is a bad product because it's an evil product. And then that's it. Like you can you can do protests however you want. You can launch like a Twitter, like bunch of tweets or like how, it's however you want to go about it. I don't want to like give you too many ideas to like, you know, anchor you to like any idea. Um, and also I'll be giving bad ideas right now because I haven't really thought about them. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about peer reviews. Okay. Um... We can elaborate more on that when the time comes. Let's just focus on part one, but there you have the three options that are going to be on this poll. Uh, one is presenting them, two is visualizing them, three is doing a peer review. Um, and one more thing before I launch this is that even though we're putting in, uh, we're taking the 10% of the free assignment and putting it in the project, this does not mean that if we choose presentations, for instance, it will be worth 10%. Um, it's up to me to decide how I want to adjust this in the rest of a project, but maybe the presentation, I, if it's like five minutes, then I say, okay, maybe 5% is better than 10%. So we're not assigning all of the 10% to any of these. It's just we're adding an additional component and then we rearrange how they've been structured. So uh, I'm launching the poll now with the three options. You can also vote for multiple options um, in case you like two or more. So I think that'll be slightly fairer. I feel like I should do a running commentary here because you can't see the polls. Um, I won't vote, so like, you know, what do the results. Yes, please don't. Uh, so peer review has two votes and the others have 11 each. Um, I don't know if these are 11 distinct votes or not. Uh, okay, we have 18 distinct votes. Uh, let's try this again. Uh, here are the results, just so you know. Um, and this time eliminate peer reviews and only vote 
on one or the other, and you can only choose one. So don't vote for both. Um, I don't know what the point of that is though. We can also have both if you want, uh, choose one or the other. Okay, we have, a, I had a feeling this would be pointless because it's gonna be the same result again, and it is. There's exactly nine each. And then one person's just voted for peer reviews again. So wow, at comprehending instructions. So that's what we have. We have exactly 50-50 each. Uh, we can do both. I'm a big fan of why not both. Um, and then do like 5% each or something. So what do you guys think of that one or the other or both? Okay. Um, I know there's only a few people that are saying both and those who want to say no, not both are probably at this point not going to go against the established opinion in the chat. Uh, yes, Shahzad, it's an echo chamber. There we go. Let's have some no votes in here. Where are all my no votes no votes voters? Uh, not both. Okay, so can I add that I was the one person who voted for peer review, so I can take my vote and we can have the 5263 thing. <laughs> okay, what, what is your vote? This is the most intense moment we've ever had. The tiebreaker here. Um, sorry. Uh, as in, I don't know, oh, presentations. Uh, spoken like okay, okay I would, I, I'm, let me justify my reasoning. I think we can do visualization in the project, that would help with how you present the project. So presentation for me, I am SDSB, sorry. <laughs> you can see people's reactions. Uh, so you don't need me to illustrate what they feel about that. Uh, okay. Uh, I should make a decision shortly and then we'll get to that. But we're decided that one, there is no free assignment. We're going to do a more comprehensive project instead. And two, it's going to be between presenting and visualizations, uh, which people are equally uh, inclined towards. So with that being done, let us start today's lecture. Um, how many of you actually listened to the podcast? I have a feeling not very many. I don't know what it is about teaching, but I can sort of tell from faces that there's always that, uh, let's hope he doesn't come to us with questions. Uh, Ali says the first 10 minutes. Um, I mean, it was 20 minutes. Sorry. I guess that says something about our attention spans. Uh, Bisma also zoned out. Uh, Ali also zoned out. Mahir also did half. No, okay, so people who did and people who did half, what is the, uh, by the way, we have, we don't have lecture slides today because there is nothing I can project them on. So I did it like more old fashioned way. I have notes here and then I'll just push them here. 
Can you see this mirrored or can you see it like the right way up? Okay, that's good. Because it's mirrored for me because my own mirror videos is mirrored. So we are going to be talking about the podcast first. Um, what is it about? What's the one line summary of Uncles and aunties both. And Minhal, might I remind you that you can choose to answer or have other people answer. Um, Mahi, what was like? Mahi, what did you say? Okay, did Mahi did read? I didn't see. Okay, she did half of it. Um. Afsa says that online dating brings people together from all the backgrounds. Uh, one word summary diversity. Okay. Uh, Mahi, do you want to speak or chat about what they said? Did you call me? Wait, I got confused. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, I would say that like, the part that I got was there's more swiping and more finding the, um, like more being addicted to the app rather than finding a person. That's one thing I got. Mm -hmm. That was in the first half, yes. Um, what was in the second half? Someone else. In the first half, um, it says, well, here are the good points, uh, here are the points against why dating is a bad thing. And Abir mentioned one uh, point, which was uh, that there's, it encourages various biases. Um, and Manur also says that too many options in online dating. Um, it also mentioned how people are very cruel because now they think that who cares um, because it's a very temporary kind of thing and they know that they have other options so they judge a lot and they say it out without thinking what the other person might feel or think. Right, because it's easier to be mean on the internet than it is to be in person because you don't have and to never and then never be held accountable for that because you won't ever meet that person or talk to that person again. Yep. It's hard to escape awkward situations in person because you can't just stop speaking and then pretend you don't exist. Uh, you can do that online, ghosting. Also, another thing was how um, hotness was the measure mm -hmm. and which is not actually true in reality because you can never tell if the person is hot and, whether the relationship would work or not, and whether you will actually like that person. Because hotness, there are factors that are related to the relationship, and that is just not it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the small says false parameters, yes. Um, so I've tried to summarize it in three points. There's lots of points. Uh, but point number one, which we're discussing now, is that it reduces complexity. Uh, in the sense that all you have is looks and that's it. And in the case of Tinder, you have a name, you have an age, you have a location and some pictures. And so while that might help in deciding whether or not you like this person, the factors that you have available to you have very little to do with 
whether or not you will get along with that person, whether they're a good fit for you, because you can't tell those things based on those factors. And one line that they say in the uh, podcast is that these apps are really good at connecting us to our phones, not to people. Um, because if the point was to connect to people, then you wouldn't be spending time on Tinder. You find someone, you like them, and then that's it. Your, your purpose for using Tinder finishes. But if that's what you're using Tinder for, then Tinder wouldn't exist as a business model because they want you to come back and they want you to pay for coming back. And so if they're, and this is something that we'll, we'll touch upon in tomorrow's guest lecture, what are Tinder's success metrics? One of those is most likely how many paying users we can get. Uh, and that dictates how they design the app for you to keep coming back and to pay for things on Tinder. If their success metric was how many people can we get married, then the whole point of the app would be entirely different because then it would be framed differently and they would be pushing other things. Um, the other thing is um, that it rewards hotness, as Abir said. Um, what's a bias or a term for a bias uh, that talks about picking one trait for someone and then basing your judgment on that one trait? Um, Bisma says, halo effect. Thank you, Leila. Uh, what is Bisma saying? Uh, it's not ethically different because even when you meet someone, you'd make an instant judgment. Yes, we'll get to that. So um, yeah, anchoring also shares that way. Um, so in the podcast, they say that the very next question, when they do bring up the halo effect and rewarding hotness is that, well, that's the way it's always been. You look at someone, even in person, and if you feel attracted to them, then you know that's the halo effect in action. But in person, you have other opportunities, especially if there's repeat exposure, for you to pick up on other cues. Um, and that's why I have here, again, I, this is a very old-fashioned paper and pen method, but there's no opportunity to pick up on other cues. Um, and so online, you have one or two metrics, date this person, and in person, you have still have those one or two metrics, but also you have other things uh, surrounding those cues. And those can be things that you pick up on. So online, you only have access to the things that they disclose about themselves. I have complete control over anything I put online. In person, not so much. I can't control the way I walk or talk or you know how good I am at one activity or the other. Mm. And I'm sure you guys being in the phase that you are have all have crushes or people you like in lums. And sure, attractiveness might be based on looks. But there's probably other things you pick up on as well. I like the way that person laughs, for instance, or they're smart in class. And I know that they're smart because I can see them speak in class or they're funny because they tell good jokes and you're not you're not able to do those things online. Um, and as I say that, I, I don't want to restrict this to just Tinder or just dating. This can be applied to any sorts of contexts in online relationships. Maybe you want a friend, you find someone on Facebook um, and you judge them instantly based on what they've said in LDF or on their profile picture or something, something that they commented somewhere on Twitter. 
Um, so you're picking up that one trait and they have complete control over that one trait and you're basing your judgments on that one thing. Uh, Tumblr, wow, I haven't heard that one in a while. Um, says he doesn't go on. Very nice, we're going to discuss that as well. Um, the third point I have here is that it's depersonalized. When you go online, you have a mask and that mask determines the self, the version of the self that you're presenting. And it's a different self to what you have in person. So you have to think very carefully about what sort of um, pictures do I want to put up? What should I write in my bio? Um, and that might be indicative sometimes of who you are, but online, I think someone uh, in the chat just said, um, who said something and in I lost the chat here. Yeah, Minot said you choose what you want to show. Um, and what you want to show online is almost certainly not a good indication of who you actually are. Why? Because, and pay attention to this part because that's what the next reflection paper will be based on. There is an ideal self and there's an actual self, which we've already talked about. So online, you're presenting the ideal version of yourself, who you want to be or who you think you are. And in person is your actual self, who you actually are. So people are able to get a much better judgment of who you are in person, as opposed to just basing their judgments online. And you can see that even here in Zoom. Uh, let me show you. Um, I don't know what you can see right now, but I'm guessing it should be my profile picture, which is nothing like I look like right now, uh, because it's me with a fancy, background and all you know ready for a picture and then here's me again not so nice looking as what you see in the pictures and that's certainly not me but online i choose to present that version of myself and also because i have like two pictures of myself in total so i just reuse them uh ali tell me about this reality show I suppose I should have assigned Indian matchmaking here, but I was told to watch it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. So if you want to tell me what it is, I'll be more than happy to listen without having to watch myself. So the circle is a show where you know, strangers uh, are living in this apartment. They can't see each other's face, but they can choose how to present themselves on a social media site called The Circle and they interact with each other, but they can't see each other's faces and stuff. And some people are just catfishing people and they have this whole fake profile and stuff. And at the end of the day or at the end of the week, they vote each other out. Mm -hmm. Who are they, what, what's the point of the vote? What are they voting on? Uh, people they don't like or pop less popularity, I guess. I can feel myself losing a few brain cells here. I suppose that's what all reality shows are like these days. Everything needs to have a, a voting mechanism for something, gamification, if you will. Um, then we have the other side of the podcast. Um, Again, before I launch into that part, and here I have another paper for it. Uh, 
the arguments for online dating. And as you think about that, um, the person who was speaking in the first half is a professor, professor of sociology. So he's studying how people behave and interact. In the second half, uh, they're talking to a sociologist who works at Bumble and was previously at Tinder. So good news for HSS majors is that you can get corporate jobs and fancy places with a sociology degree. Uh, but also you can be stuck in academia, but there is hope for us all there. I don't think there's an HSS major in this class though. Um, so Visma says that it's easy to find people. You're not in. Uh, uh, yeah, econ doesn't count as, and you still have something to fall back on. Like I know hard data skills and that's what sells these days. Um, and talking about socio anthro majors, but of course you have minors there as well. Um, you can be private about your dating status. You know? uh, minor in social. I don't know. I don't have either a major or a minor in the humanities. I guess psychology is technically humanities. Um, so I, I don't have any experience about the job market with that, except that people end up in all sorts of random jobs. Um, which is a good thing. It opens up things you can do. So the arguments for online dating, starting with what Bisma said, there is more opportunity for you to find a good match. Um, so previously you had to be geographically restricted. I can only talk to people who are around me. And thanks to the wonders of the internet, I can talk to anyone around the world. Um, now what that does offers you more choice. Um, and you're not restricted to a proximity of the people around you. So you can focus on other traits and not just who's around me. It might actually be a good measure of talking to people around you being a trait that predicts whether or not you get along with them because you share the same uh, geography, similar backgrounds perhaps. But now that that is out of the equation, you can focus on other traits like more meaningful traits, like how I don't know, what are good traits that you look for in people? Uh, and yes, Moid Socio is great for user research. You can go at your own pace online, Michael. We'll do a reading that talks about why that's a bad thing. It's a very, very good reading. Um, but it's, again, it's similar to that. Like, you can't duck out of an awkward conversation and that like, reveals who you are when you run out of things to talk about, that's when the real conversation starts. And that never happens online because then you could just move on and do something else or talk to other people. Um, what are traits that you look for in people? Sense of humor, humor, good means, of course. Uh, I know I have things written down here somewhere in my notes. Brains, memes, kindness, brains, brains, humor. That's a very limited. Wow, guys. There you go. Thank you, Visma, for being a little more honest about things. Because um, I know this is public. If this conversation were to happen anonymously, I'm sure we'd have a better quality of insights. Mahir says, speak the same language. I hope that means figuratively same 
wavelength and not urdu bolte hain to sirf tab main unse baat kar sakunga us bas literally urdu bolte hain sirf tab hi baat kar sakte hain seerat wow getting deep kabir wow like i can i'm really happy that we're going beyond humor and brains cuz that's the first thing most people say uh minhal please tell me that reference i'm fairly certain i might have come across that somewhere
So you're not limiting yourself to the people who surround you. You have lots of people to choose from. And you have all of the key information about those people. So there's not, you know, missing parts like, I know this key location and not this key location. Again, the uh, information you have is limited, but it's there for everyone. And so instead of relying on the four or five people surrounding you, or maybe 20 or 30 potential people in your neighborhood, it opens up all sorts of possibilities. Um, and yes, Visma, does online dating raise expectations? Very good question. We have a paper just on that. Um, so extension of a choice set means uh, LGBTQ people have a real chance at relationship with me. I think they mentioned that even in the podcast itself. So various taboos around LGBTQ people, you can be more discreet about that. And, you know, you can have apps specifically for that. So it offers people more choices and more chances at finding the right sort of person. Um, let's pause here for the break. And during the break, I want you to think about uh, why that might or might not be a good thing that you have an expanded choice set. Uh, the hint is that we studied this in the last lecture. Paradox of choice. How does that apply to online relationships? We should meet in five minutes.
Crosshatch, you don't know nothing about the trappings of my day or bluffing. Keep discussing about the spaces. And we are back with shorter breaks and earlier, earlier class end times, that we all have places to be and dinner to be had around eight. So um, let's experiment with that format. Um, let's just spend a few minutes for people to come back. Um, I was reading the chat, um, all very good discussions and all points that we have to talk about. Uh, right about now, because very conveniently, the next card I have is titled, I can't see it, discussion with three points. I'm just gonna wait another minute or so for people to get back. I think I had, what, eight videos or nine before the break, and then after the break, I think, roll out of fuel. So now there's only four, including me, by the way. I don't know about you guys. Actually, I do know about you guys, and I'm sure you're all terribly tired with the online semester and all. Um, but uh, I think I've had enough of online teaching, if I'm honest. And you've certainly had enough of online learning. Uh, and we have Abir joining us from the second half. Hello. Um, always good to see faces. Like I said, we all like faces. Um, funny we were mentioning that in a class where we're talking about the value of not relying on faces. Uh, there we go. Moe says, I like faces. Out of context, that's very strange, Moe. I like faces. Um, and Kina, I don't know about Lums opening or not. My guess is as good as yours. In fact, you guys probably get to know it before I do because we don't get the student emails. Um, all right. Uh, no, the faculty is not told the secret costs. 
सम्स दे हैव मीटिंग्स एंड नो बडी बॉर्डर्स अटेंडिंग देम इफ दे डोंट फील लाइक इट सो उसमें डिस्कशंस होती हैं बट द फैक्ट ऑफ द मैटर इज नो वन नोस रिमेंबर वी वी टॉक अ लॉट अबाउट इट डिपेंड्स वी डोंट टॉक इनफ अबाउट द अदर पार्ट वी डोंट नो एंड आई थिंक दैट्स वेयर वी आर एट वेयर वी रियली डोंट नो हाउ दिस इज गोइंग टू टर्न आउट एंड सो व्हाट द अली खान और अदर फैकल्टी मेंबर्स कैन डू इज टू जस्ट टेल यू दैट वी waiting seeing they can they can but they don't have the answers um and so i don't think they can make that decision this early um all right we have a few other points first of all um people who uh listen to the podcast in the first section he talks about quote and quote the florida florida three of what is it again familiarity should have written that down let me pull it up mm. uh yes yeah is someone going to say something mina um main dekh rahi thi ki maine try se hi likha hua hai uh of acquired likability through repetition likha hua Yes, the Florida theory of acquired likability through repetition. What is that? It's a handful. Who is Florida? What is Florida? Most Florida ki kam thi, jiske logon ko pehle pasand nahi aayi thi, lekin wo Barbara Simpson ki unko pasand aaye lagi thi. To usne unhe nitna se kaha hua tha ki agar aapko koi banda shuru mein pasand nahi aata, lekin aap usse baar baar mil rahe hote, mil rahe hote, samal ek कोई ना कोई वजह होती है आपको पसंद आना शुरू हो जाता है तो ये चीज उस पर नहीं लाइक ऐप पे नहीं हो सकती क्योंकि लाइक आप बस एक दफा देखते हो और आप डिसाइड कर लेते हो कि आपको पसंद है कि या दैट्स अ ग्रेट समरी सो डज एनीबॉडी लिसन टू फ्लोराइडर हियर इज एन आर्टिस्ट इन केस यू डोंट नो दिस मास यस देयर इज आल्सो Uh, Moeed also listens to it. Lo, I think "Low Ali" is the only song that I remember from Florida. Uh, but yeah, basically what Minhal said: uh, some people don't like his songs at first, and then through acquired likability through repetition, say they do start liking it. We studied that concept. What's it called? A concept similar to that. Usually, is the first one to. say what it is this is only like two people who remember it there we go my he got there first uh yeah hafsa that this is what you get for not being at your keyboard ready to type maya or it depends um and so similarly uh, he's saying that you can apply that to people as well uh, and that's what you get at lums maybe you don't like that person on the first day of classes shoda lag raha hai zyada bolta hai class mein something like that uh we is vigorously nodding because there's like at least three examples you can think of when that happened uh and then eventually you start interacting interacting with them more and more and more and then you're like yeah you know they're not so bad because now we're we're familiar with them and you know it's fine here's another example of where the supplies What do you think it is? Thank you, Mohit. We'll listen to it for a few seconds. 
and now you can judge that and then you swipe on that and then there's another picture so there's a bottomless supply of maybe i like this person i'll swipe on them and i'll see what hides behind the next swipe and maybe i like that even more so i can evaluate several hundred people in the span of a couple of hours i don't have that luxury in real life so is it a good thing that i have tinder or is it a bad thing that i can't evaluate everyone um you know more deeply gut feeling appeal hmm the traits you value in someone i'm sure you could find that gut feeling and the traits in one person but how do you how do you know they're the best person how do you know that next year you won't meet someone who's even better on all of those traits than this person and since i soon makes her not to think uh it's more of a hey i can work with this so that's satisfying behavior asan guzara hai theek hai this is good enough um it can become a bad thing seeing the next person tiny flaws uh, at some point you want to settle down what is that point hafsa at uh, what point do you settle down some cost policy as well lela excellent um if you've known someone for 5 years or 10 years then it's too much effort to start looking elsewhere because was peak know them for this long might as well they're not the ideal choice like in you know or or don't go on evaluate kare wo bhi 5 saal aur um yes your majors and let's uh, since you guys are mentioning it in the chat let's take it a step further with the maximizing and satisfying should we be maximizers or satisfiers when it comes to picking a partner um shehrzade in the last class said that surely if we're talking about a study done with jams it shouldn't apply to some of the more larger life choices like houses or cars and the video talked about retirement funds what could be a bigger decision point than deciding who you want to be stuck with for the rest of your life does it apply there maximizers 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 is the predominant answer uh so everyone says or most people are saying maximizers what about the point where people just said in this query chat that it's not possible to look at all possible options and so good enough or sunk cost fallacy or bas theek hai guzara hai this will do uh you can't find the perfect person says minhan uh ali we're talking about marriage here so i can remove that it depends from the context uh again so if i have a choice to make between which iphone i want to get i know there's only what 50 odd variants that they conveniently group for me to make four decisions and if i'm a maximizer i look at each and every feature function and decide you know what this is the best one i'm going to get this because there's no option beyond that usually the most expensive one is also the best one in terms of features can you apply that thinking to finding someone to marry because you don't know there isn't a convenient group of 12 options you can choose from and you decide in 12 me se ye acha hai 
because every time you look for someone else, something else is around the corner, but Tinder especially, there is a bottomless supply of people you can swipe on, even in real life. If I present you five options, maybe there's a sixth one that's around the corner that I haven't considered. So it's an infinite choice set. So how do you know as a maximizer that you found the right person and there's no other person better than them out there? Uh, Hafsa says people are, ugh. yes, they are. And yet we have December coming in where a lot of ugh people marry a lot of other ugh people. Um, so you just have to tolerate the right level of ugh-ness. Um, a group of qualities you can create. How do you quantify how kind someone is? It's probably based on one or two anecdotal things. I saw them do that or say that, therefore they must be kind. Maybe they did that to impress you on the first time you met and they're not actually like that. Ali says, you just know when to settle. When do you know? I want you to dig into that a little bit more. Uh, Mahir has a very good point. You start with being a maximizer and then you <clears throat> end up being a satisficer when you find that it's impossible to evaluate all possible options, which may also mean that you end up with a worse option than you started with. Because I have five options. I'm a maximizer. I want to find the best possible one. And I say no to the first five people. And the sixth person will kind of do, but the third person was better than the sixth person. So I actually have a downgrade on what I could have had if I was just satisfying from the start. But that, but that wouldn't like give you enough satisfaction that at least you look through six people. Like you, so, you, that would uh, compensate the pain. Um, and we did talk about how maximizers like going through all of the things. So even if you end up satisfying, you still know that you tried. Um, but we also know that we don't like single choice aversion. So what if you had only one choice? Would you marry that person? That tends to happen in lums a lot. I know people who started dating in their freshman year and then after they graduated, they got married because that's the one choice that they had, sunk cost fallacy. But again, they're not shopping around. But we also know that single choice aversion exists. We don't want to commit to one thing when it's the only thing on offer. Yes, Ali, basically arranged marriage. Or maybe depending on how lucky you are, you might get some choice. Uh, but if you say no to the first six, seven, eight people, uske baad, like you, the pool starts getting dramatically smaller. But even if it weren't six or seven people, maybe it was just one person. Do you say yes or no? Um, Sherazade says choices get more limited because there's a timer. Yes. So if you don't have a finite set of options, you do have a timer that limits your decision-making. Maybe with a phone, I can buy a new phone anytime, but I know there's only 12 phones to choose from. But with marriage, I know I have to commit to something within X number of years, but the choice set is infinite. More opinions, please.
why do you need to make this choice? There's some people who don't. The choice they make is that we don't want to make that choice. Therefore, we're not going to get into it. Um, I have a few other discussions, but Minhal, um, you have some questions as well. Maybe you can add to it. Ali says that there is an element of unpredictability that you might find a better option. There is variability for sure. Uh, gender, of course, gender plays a part, Mariam. It's not an equitable decision. Uh, men can choose to get married whenever, uh, so they can be maximizers. Yes, and also, um, there are apps like Bumble that are designed specifically for women. So the difference between Tinder and Bumble, uh, in case you don't know, is that in Tinder, anyone can start the conversation if there's a match. In Bumble, only the woman can start the conversation. So they're not getting creepy messages. Um, so they recognize that there is a fundamental difference, fundamental difference between how men and women choose things. Um, and so they've designed it to be more accommodating for women. I think they call it the feminist app, which I don't, I think it's a marketing ploy. I don't know how, I'm pretty sure they get the same number of complaints about creepy men as they would on Tinder. And again, by labeling it feminist, uh, you get more people on the app. Sir, unki, uh, zero if you listen back to how she said it so defensively, uh, we have a zero tolerance policy. We kick them off. Uh, like ad barrier. Like, that was a very <laughs> line. Did any of you watch the documentary in bits and parts? And there it's even funnier because she's getting grilled and she has the company line there repeat the same thing. Because uh, I have that next to talk about. Um, let's move on to the documentary. Anyone saw it? It was optional. I'm sure when I write optional, then the podcast needs another documentary. The will be the key of course. First 15 to 17 months. That's decent. Um, unfortunately, my first timestamp starts from 10 minutes, and then there's others that go into 15, 24, and 33. Six minutes. Uh, fair enough. I I had to watch it for the purposes of this class. I felt pretty like secondhand cringe. Uh, romanticism has made maximizers of us all. Uh, yes, our cultures, we will get to the last thing we discuss is our culture. Um, but let me play some clips. I think I'll play four short clips in the interest of time. Again, so we can end a little bit early. Uh, and then we'll discuss those four clips. And then last, we'll do our culture part. Uh, how do I want to do this? Uh, again, Zoom, annoying. Uh, and this focus on the audio because the video is just there to, um, you know, Video lag zoom but the audio should be sufficient in understanding what we want to do. So here is clip number one. Share. 
I'm very aware of the sort of pressure and um, the need to like be manicured and like beautiful and have like a uniform Instagram feed that people will want to follow and pay attention to. I'm constantly haunted by FOMO. I can easily fall into rabbit holes where I'll spend hours just like scrolling through blogs that have these pictures of like beautiful, beautiful women that I'm never going to be. And like these houses and these clothes and these vacations that I'm never going to have. I don't have the greatest self-esteem, which is something I've been trying to work on, uh, which is another reason why I've been trying to sort of like step back from spending so much time online. Uh, are you able to hear and watch it properly? Okay. Um, what's the concept that she's talking about here? Looking at pictures of beautiful women that... Yes. You did. Thank you. Upward comparisons, specifically. Uh, Sherazade says that. Uh, I was typing. Uh, Hafsa, that's why you should have video or audio if you want to get in first. Uh, also, I, I think I mentioned at the start in the first class that when you're typing and it's a long message, you can send a dot like this in the chat. And that will tell me that I can wait for your comment and there's a message coming in. So I can imagine there would have been instances where you're typing a long message and then someone already says that, so you just remove it. Don't do that. I want to listen or hear what you have to say. Uh, also, at the end of each class, I uh, review the entire chat. The chat also gets saved with the recording. So I look at each and every message again in case I missed something. There's some very funny conversations that I did miss, but I get to enjoy them later on as well. All right, this is the second uh, clip I have. Uh, no private messages don't get saved. And we saw this is the co-founder well. of Tinder. Those things. The dating industry was extremely shunned upon um, in the young, hip, millennial college market. If you looked at any of those other dating services, you would only really use them if you were, I don't want to say desperate, but, al but almost desperate, right? The idea of a one-click sign-on, which was a natural outgrowth of mobile phones and social networks, was the idea that you can take context that already exists for, for a user, so their Facebook profile already exists, they can just plug that in, their location is already being fed out by, by the GPS on their mobile phone, their friend network's already mapped out by Facebook, and so it was a lot easier to just click a button, we know everything we need to know about you already, and we can start introducing you to the right oh, people. It's that concept. He says it's a lot easier to just click a button and they have everything you need. We did use login as in login using Facebook. Less friction. Hafsa, you got there first, even with typing. Congratulations. MAO as well. Yes, there's less friction in the way of that action, whatever that action is with MAO. Uh, here's another slightly longer clip. Uh, and there's a couple of concepts here. Gamification is turning an experience that is not a game into a game. So giving it all the elements of a game, things like points that say you have done this well. You know, like when you're playing a slot machine, the machine will tell you when you've won with ringing bells and flashing lights. And a lot of the apps we use now have elements of that built in, even when they aren't really about games. We've had some of these almost game-like elements where you almost feel like you're yeah, being so rewarded. There's obviously gamification because he says that. Um, yes, Minhal, you're cheating. Uh, let them answer. Unless you want to answer, that's fine as well. Uh, this guy is Adam Alter, Moeed asked. He 
is the author of Irresistible, Discriminate Chapter Paratha. He's also a professor at NYU. Um, it kind of works like a slot machine where you're, it's one, uh, um, uh, you're excited to see who the next person is, or hopefully you're even excited to see, did I get the match and, and get that, it's a match screen and that's uh, a nice little rush. You get a match on Tinder and your screen just pops. It's this huge like visual stimulation, super bizarre. And that's gotta be intentional, like it feels good. Ooh, you know. I had several classes that in, in college that where we learned about this from my business management courses to psych courses. Uh, I think if I remember, it's called the variable ratio uh, or intermittent uh, reward schedule or something like that, um, where it is, it's the, the having unpredictable yet frequent um, rewards is the best way to motivate somebody to, to keep moving forward. There's a very famous experiment run in the early 1970s with some white pigeons and the pigeons learned to peck a little light and when they pecked they got food and so these pigeons live in a box and they just keep pecking the light and they get food but the experimenter had a couple of different ways of rewarding them so some of them every 10 pecks they got a certain number of food pellets and then they ate and others every 10 pecks, sometimes they got food and sometimes they didn't. But it turns out that the pigeons that gambled, that effectively pecked but may not get a reward, they were the ones who were much more engaged, even to the point where they weren't hungry anymore. They pecked because it was just fun to play the game. So, you know, in the same sense, um, these apps that give you this kind of variable feedback rather than consistent, predictable feedback, they have this built-in mechanism for being addictive in the same way that a gambling device is addictive. There is no points for guessing what that concept is because he's repeated that multiple times, but I'll just ask, what is he talking about and how is it relevant to what we've already discussed? Variable rewards of size there. You know, I, I feel like you had that written and ready to go waiting for my uh, question. Visma uh, tried with V rewards. Maybe you would just say VR. Okay, last clip. A lot of effort. It's taking a lot of time. This is actually like work right now. Just in like economic terms, if you have a surplus of options, then the value goes down. I could see a Tinder profile that I'm like excited about. If I met that person in real life, I would have this like sense of urgency. But I think on Tinder, if I see that profile, well, then I just swipe one way or another. I'm just swiping. And then there's somebody else immediately. You know, it is. And what is that? That's the last thing. Paradox of choice uh, says SN got there first. Uh, Sakina going even shorter with the POC and still being the fifth person to reply. That's a shame. So um, you can see how this documentary is incorporating a lot of what we've been talking about. Let me summarize that with this slide here, uh, which I'll have to peek over to see. Uh, it's talking about upward comparisons. It's talking about how it's frictionless. Is it that way? Yeah. It's talking about gamification, variable rewards, and something that wasn't there, self-presentation and performance. So let's talk about that part. I'm, I hope I don't have to explain these four because we've talked about them in separate sessions and you can see how these four apply um, to Tinder specifically. Then you have self-presentation and performance, which is basically that 
the version of the self that you choose to uh, present online is not the real you. It's a performance of some version of you. And so that performance, that mask that you wear, Essen said he wears a mask, literal and uh, metaphorical in Slack. Um, so Essen, tell us about that mask. Because uh, I know people in chat are also saying uh, that uh, there is a, like, they're asking if you're okay. Um, what am I supposed to send on Slack? Uh, Ali and Abdullah. Um, the, the the last year midterm, okay. last oh, time maybe. midterm you had, Muit was telling. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So when you're online, there is a certain element of performance in everything you're doing, and there are rules for that performance. So on Tinder, you have to look super attractive. On LinkedIn, you have to look super accomplished. On Snapchat, you have to look super fun, happening life chalri here in every moment. I don't know if that's the right uh, feeling. On Instagram, you have to look perfect. So it's not just you who has to look nice. It's also like the background, the colors, everything should be picture perfect. It's about aesthetics. Um, on Twitter, you have to sound smart. And so on each platform, you're performing some version of yourself that's some amalgamation of one or the other, um, but it's not the real you necessarily. You're catering to what people are expecting on that platform. And similarly, in real life, you might not be uh, burdened by the pressure of performing because you are yourself as you are in real life, but online, you get the choice. Questions, thoughts? By the way, it might take me a while to uh, give you the prompt for the second paper, but that's basically what it's going to be about. You have to write about yourself, not yourself, yourself, and how you present it on various social media platforms. So what is it about your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook? How are those selves different? How are those performances different? Um, can you illustrate them? Basically that. So think about why you're doing what you're doing, why you're posting what you're posting on each of those platforms. That's basically it. Start thinking about that. Uh, it's very introspective. And like I said, you only get to share it with me, not me. So really just get into that. Who even am I, says Afsa. Uh, well, that's the question that we're all struggling. We don't ask ourselves that questions often enough. This course is making you ask that question multiple times. And hopefully by the end of it, we'll be no closer to finding out who we are. Just be exploring it. So it's a, it's a rabbit hole there. Um, Ikra says, what are we talking? We're talking about the second reflection paper, which will be about yourself um, and how you present yourself on different social media platforms. Um, okay. Last thing, last discussion um, is what we discussed throughout the course of this lecture, but applied to the Pakistani context. Does it apply here? How is it similar? How is it different? Tinder here is used very sparingly. It's used for a different purpose. Uh, you also talked about Mozmatch and Minder and all those apps in chat I was reading. So why is this different? Should we have more choice in Pakistan? Rishta, aunties, 
क्या रोल है अरेंज्ड मैरिज इज लिमिटिंग चॉइसेस इज दैट अ गुड थिंग वी टॉक्ड अबाउट मैक्सिमाइजिंग एंड सेटिस्फाइसिंग इफ यू हैव अ चॉइस वेयर यू ओनली प्रेजेंटेड विद फाइव ऑप्शंस व्हाई इज दैट अ बैड थिंग एंड व्हाई इज देयर अ स्टिग्मा अराउंड ओ अरेंज्ड मैरिज और व्हाटएवर माय ही I was I was going to say that the Desi the Dishta aunties are the non-digitalized gender, but then you said that five options and so that does carry, but like they can be like averting their own gender, so they do give the limited options. But they do give you the same information. In fact, they give you more information than what Tinder would give you. Uh, I hope I have that. Oh, I do have it here. Uh, let me share with you uh, this is a very fun conversation to have like imagine what i would have texted a friend to ask for this and then what sort of reaction i would get uh, so i asked them if there were any uh, rishta messages they had that they could, they could share with me and i was getting all sorts of questions about why i need those um so this is one i can't share multiple so again uh, annoying zoom but let me pull up three different ones here i will have to reshare my screen uh, and i can't do that excellent so you can i hope you can see cuz i certainly can't one two and three i can't even see you guys so i'm without chat for a few seconds here uh, actually i can have chat here um so you know you have this is more information than tinder will ever provide you because what tinder does is there is a picture there is a name there is an age and there is a location here you're getting all of that plus all of these other things uh oh chat is covering so you can see the chat uh okay let me push it down here We can't see it. I don't know why, but it's blue. Can you see it now? The chart. No. Can you see the pictures that I have? Yeah, we can see the pictures. Yeah. yeah. So here, like some of you said, smart. होना चाहिए. यहाँ पे लिखा है कि smart है. Is that convincing? Very clear. ऊपर लिखा हुआ. Which you know, for lack of a picture. they can state they are very fair hai uh, you even know what they do uh, you even know what they want so this is why is this a bad thing if they are giving you all of the this information height bhi di hui hai which is not i think this is better this is better how okay so like they they like i think they are being very direct and honest like that's it's saving time so like फुलटफुल and they want to keep it respectful from both sides so if they like this cv then they can be like mello and then do it again right but my question is and that's absolutely right um this is basically the pakistani tinder rishta aunties send these messages it's providing you more information than tinder 
what it isn't giving you is the gamification aspect or the nice app, the surrounding cues about oh, white background it's all on WhatsApp. Um, and it's giving you like some of the more nuanced things up front that you wouldn't be able to get if you were to uh, try and do this yourself. And how long do you think it could take you on Tinder to find out that someone is uh, someone doesn't have a previous marriage or that uh, they live in DHA? And uh, <laughs> I don't know why the father's name is important here. I mean, if I wanted to <laughs> Shafkat Naam ke hi father's name se mene apni beti ki shaadi karani hai warna deal off hai. So I like the extra details that nobody uh, needs to make a decision. Uh, and I can, now I can see the chat. I'm going to read all of it later. So um, tell me more about that Pakistani context. Variable rewards nahi hai, information zyada hai. Um, I think one of the things that it lacks is that even though you have more information, you're not self-reliant. And that's what we talked about with the dating apps, that dating apps give you that self-reliance, that power of choice that I picked this person uh, based on whatever my factors were, not that this person was presented to me and then I have to pick. Um, I feel like there's very interesting chat points that I missed. I can't look at them all right now. Um, but yeah, the one other thing, and here is one of our other maxims, uh, is that the sort of things you express on Tinder are different from the sort of things you express on WhatsApp or in real life. So if you wanted to tell someone that you like them, on Tinder you swipe, and the swipe means, the swipe could mean anything, ranging from I really, really, really like you to the sweet achiti because it's hard to say. Um, it's hard to tell someone in person or even over text that you like them, but you have these other modes of expressing yourself, like an emoji, um, like uh, sending memes. That seems to be a thing. Um, you guys are experts at flirting with people without actually having them know that you're flirting. Like lums me to kafi chalrote. Um, so you're deprived in real life of all of these things. I, I doubt in real life you go to someone and say, yeah, the phone pe meme funny, you know? ha, ha, ha. You just send it online and that's an expression of you liking that person um, in micro interactions in very small ways that build up to larger ways. Um, the generation before us didn't have that luxury. Uh, and we're not talking about Tinder necessarily, even just talking to someone on WhatsApp or Instagram. But that doesn't mean that love is a concept that's not available to them. They might still have other ways of expressing love. Um, and they didn't have Tinder or they didn't have a lot of choice. So um, their choices were limited to who was available, who their parents picked for them, usually two or three choices. And one could argue that they're pretty happy with their choices um, because they literally didn't have, you know, 50 people to choose from. Here's your, like, here are two girls, pick one, and that's it. Um, and um, so the last thing, uh, Essen, yes. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. 
so I was saying one more disadvantage with the Rishta Auntie setup is that like because you don't get to curate your identity, it's like this auntie interpreting you from her lens and then passing that information forward, right? So like we're actively looking for Rishtas from my older brother, he's like 29-ish. And um, you know, whenever we read those, like whatever these Rishta aunties send, because he is like a typical Pakistani man, whatever that means. But um, you know, we tend to like just go like what like my sister just goes like um you know I don't like I don't get this like what's the purpose of this but like if you ever get to talk to these people you would be like wow like you know um this could work out potentially it's just that there's no way understand you could interpret anybody that that some people would have so mm-hmm. I think there's definitely that element. Um, I think part of it is because the information that she's picking out is relevant to your parents. They want to know family background, kya hai, caste, kya hai, religion, and all those things. Maybe your brother or your sister don't really care about those things as much because, uh, as Mahir said, marriage wasn't romanticized back then. So we're looking at Panda smart, hai, caring, hai, kind, hai, funny. Hai. They're looking for ke, uh, Sunni, hai, ya Shia, hai, fairness, height, all these things. is doing the thing. And so the Rishta auntie is taking the information, extracting it from your brother and presenting it to your parents or the, like the other party's parents, giving them the information that they need, not necessarily the ones they should be looking for, but the things that they, you know, they want. That doesn't make sense. Um, so then my question is maybe we could have an app where we present the same things that the Rishta aunties present, but in a more Muslim friendly manner. And that's where products like Minder are coming. So it has the fun app feeling about it. Tinder elements and you can look at profiles before you commit. And then you also have the information that your family needs for you to decide one way or another. Um, yeah, Maryam says Rishtanti's are very, no, that's not how you said it. You said it, they're very huge liars, lots of lies. Um, um, yeah, I think so. One last thing before we go, I know this isn't like a particularly short class, but I let you go seven minutes early and then gradually start bringing it back, uh, is that there is a study that does a paradox of choice applied on potential mates. That study was done by Adam Alter, the uncle that we just, uh, listened to in in collaboration with one of my classmates. And they did find that the paradox of choice does exist. Uh, what they did was they showed some, actually they had two groups. And with one group, they said, how satisfied do you think you'll feel uh, while being presented six options for a potential mate? And with the other group, they said, how satisfied do you think you'd feel while choosing from 64 options? And the overwhelming majority said, we do want 64 options to choose from because we're choosing a potential mate. And we would like to evaluate all of the options and get to the best one. But then when they actually got six versus 64 options, uh, they made a fake dating app and they showed those options to them. They found that people with six options were happier and more satisfied with their choice compared to the ones with 64 options. So whether or not that means you find the right choice, we don't know. But it may certainly mean that you're more satisfied with that choice, regardless of not or whether that's the right choice or not. Um, so uh, yes, 
Mahir, you can tell a metaphor and then we'll end. I don't know if it's called a metaphor or whatever. But I, uh, someone was telling that like, dating now is like a card of, like a deck of cards. I hope it's like So basically you pick one and that's one of your soulmates, like or whatever your partners. And you have the other option next. And you even if you keep picking, you will keep thinking that the other card has a higher number, has a perfect profile. And that like those cards are right in front of you. So even if you have a good enough one, you'll always wonder so you just too many of so I guess in the end it depends on how much you have scenarios easily imagine imagine yeah, and I think Bisma, I think even also said that the other person can also find a better option. So you can also wonder that your partner also has a card like this deck, and they can also keep flipping. So you all, we all have a lot of options, and I guess. Mm-hmm. Which... And Essen says hindsight bias, which is exactly what it is. Essen has all the concepts like down on his fingers. Well then, uh, yes. Okay, let us end here. And then I'll tell you what to do for next week. It's midterm week. I'll try to dial it down a bit. Guest speaker session tomorrow. Have a reminder on. And uh, I shall see you on, not on Tuesday. I shall see you tomorrow if you choose to see me as well. All right. Bye-bye.